Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, and we've got a furry Fred joining us as well. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Hi. Well, we are now live. Um, so this is always the fun part. We don't do these every week, but I'm really excited that you could join us live. So uh, I'm Joy Foster. I'm the founder of Tech Pixies. And this week we are talking about Instagram. It's part of a social media series that we've been running. And in March, we're going to go into the build a business series. And you've done both. You've built an Instagram feed and built a business, uh, actually a couple of businesses and quite successfully. So I thought this would be something that our um, listeners and viewers would really enjoy digging into. So thank you and welcome to the show. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I love, um, so I got to know Joy through um, a Facebook group and she invited me to join a mastermind group with her. So it's been super fun to get to know you, Joy, and uh, uh, can't wait to talk about my favorite social media platform today. Yes. Well, and you are quite a pro at that social media platform. So I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be really, really excited about that. But before we dive in to Instagram and how you've grown it organically to 83,000 followers, let's talk uh, about the business side of things. What prompted you to start a business in the first place? Yeah. So I, uh, my, my training is in accounting and math. That's what I studied in, in college. And then I worked in the philanthropy field for about a decade. So I lived in China for two years. And then when I came back, I um, worked in development philanthropy, um, first starting in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, um, so yeah. And then I started having children and I had like a bunch of them and I had them like all in a row. <laughs> so, um, in four and a half years, I had four kids and that was crazy. Um, I love four kids in four and a half years. I know it's kind of a, I'm an overachiever. You're going to hear that again and again. <laughs> so I try to overachieve in everything I do. And obviously I tried to do it with having kids too. Uh, so yeah, so uh, that was, yeah, so that pretty much took over my life. So I still worked um, con by contract for the philanthropy company I'd worked for in Philly. I did that all the way up until actually even as I started my first business in 2015. So I even attempted homeschooling, like I'm that big of an overachiever. So I did not want to send my kids to school. So I homeschooled for like four years. And then I realized, whoa, that's hard, like the hardest job in the world. So I quit and uh, sent all my kids to school in 2015. My youngest was three and went to preschool for like half day. Um, all of a sudden, instead of not working, we suddenly had bills because two of those kids went to private at school um, because we weren't, we had not really planned out our living situation to go to the schools we wanted to send them to. Long story short, I like um, basically put a financial burden on my family by sending three of our kids to schools that we had to pay for. So I felt a burden to help pay the bills and was looking for opportunities to um, to make money and to, to start working again. So I was still working by contract and making, I don't know, 10,000 a year or something, writing um, research papers. But uh, I definitely miss like meeting people and, and, you know, having more of a client uh, relationship. So I think I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, honestly, Joy. Like I used to practice infomercials, like in my bathroom when I was like 10. <laughs> so I, I think I have that natural. I mean, I look back at that. I'm like, I'm probably not every kid does that. Infomercials. Like, I love that. What were you selling? I don't toothpaste, like anything that was in the bathroom, I was selling it, Joy. I was like, look at the results of this toothpaste. It is amazing. 5.99 guys. So, um, 
So yeah, I think I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but honestly, I was looking for the thing that I actually cared. Like I was still looking for something I believed in enough to make it into a business. And so, um, so yeah, so my family had started backyard gardening and like when we lived in Nashville, we've moved a lot for my husband's career and his education. So in, uh, 2010 to 13, we were in Nashville and we began gardening in the backyard and I just loved it. I was home all the time. I was kind of stuck, you know, like being home. Uh, I love being home, but you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of like, can I go somewhere? Like I'm in nap jail all day long. So, um, so I started yeah, hiding four out. Kids under four, you are in nap jail. <laughs> Everybody needed a nap at different times. It was crazy. So I started gardening. It was like a huge, um, it was just a huge, uh, treat to me. And I loved it. I loved learning. It felt like endless learning and it felt like adult place. They felt like adult recess. Like I was like, this is so fun. Like I get to go hang out, create things, be outside, um, like clear my mind, create beautiful things. And it's like so meaningful. Like we're going to eat this. So I'm just, can I just interrupt you for one second? Because I have never had that experience in the garden. Oh, well, (laughs) you will. That has come my way. You and I will definitely, you just have to see it in the right perspective. If you see it, like this has to go right, or I'm going to be a failure then boom, you're going to hate it. But if you see it as like, this is an experiment, like this is my playground, then it's like a totally different perspective. Um, so that was my perspective because I really needed a playground because my home was like, ah. Um, so we moved to Houston and we had way more success in the garden. We did raised beds. We kind of like, my husband's a researcher. So he did the research and we had this amazing garden. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden a light bulb went off and I was like, what if I could do like a garden business? So in 2015, when I was trying to figure out how I could help make ends meet. I first thought I was going to sell things from my garden. So I first founded rooted garden goods, told a friend about it. I was asking about that. The difference between rooted garden and gardenary. Yeah. So rooted garden is more like a brick and mortar. I don't have a brick and mortar, but it's a service-based business in Houston, Texas. So my first idea was to sell goods from my garden. And I was talking to a friend and she was like, don't do that. She's like, why don't you just teach people how to garden? And I was like, Ah, light bulb moment. So I went back to the county clerk, took off the word goods and refounded the business as rooted garden. So very quickly I took my, I had applied to another preschool for my daughter. So I took that refund check. It was $450, took that to the bank. And that was how I started rooted garden. So I just started sending out newsletters and telling people about what I was doing. And I started posting on Instagram, just like they were pitiful little posts, but I was just trying my best. And um, friends told friends and passed around my newsletter and joy in a year. Um, I sold over a hundred thousand dollars worth of garden consulting and installations. It's crazy. Well, that's really important because I think people think they have to have this huge following to bring in a six-figure salary, but you don't. You know, I mean, you do now have a huge following, but when you started out, I mean, if you were to go back to those very first posts, how many likes and comments were you getting? Yeah, 10, 10, <laughs> and they were all my family. I like, I like one of my first posts was a little horrible picture of dill from my iPhone five. And it said, what's the dill pickle? <laughs> You've always got a sense of humor. I think that's a big part of your I, I sent it strategy to, is being... to get on Instagram. And she was like, that's, that's good. If that's, if that's your voice, good, good job. <laughs> And backtrack there, because you said you started something really important, which is the newsletter. And I think yeah. people underestimate how important that mailing list is and that newsletter. And so, you know, what were you doing to drive traffic um, to the newsletter to, to get those emails? 
None. I just literally, I broke all the internet rules and I signed everybody up that was in my, in my oh. Gmail and I just put them on my list. You just ignored GDPR completely. GDPR did not exist at that time. Yeah. That it's, was pre GDPR. That was like 2015. So I think it came out in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just, everybody. I just sent an email. I mean, I offer people, I said, Hey, I love Houston. I love the garden and my new business combines those two things. Here it is. And I like, I literally put my, my kids teachers on there. I put any person. And then I said, if you don't want to follow along, just unsubscribe. That's great. And so. where did you find the confidence to charge the right amount for you to actually make a six figure salary in your first year? Yeah. So let me say, so I grossed six figures. Ah, that's will, a key point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I will be honest. I've never made six figures yet. Like I've never, brought in six figures in a salary. My companies have made over a million dollars in the last four years, um, but I haven't brought in that as a salary. So I, um, I made, my company made like 125 that first year. Um, I probably brought in like 30 or 40, I think, um, which is still pretty good. Like I was working from home and I did it with my preschooler. Like I picked her up every day at noon. Um, So during that first year, it's important. Like my Instagram following was a thousand. Like I grew it to a thousand my first year. Right. So, so I did a hundred thousand of sales on an Instagram following of a thousand people. That's that. I think that's really important for people to hear. And, and to be honest, um, tech Pixies did this very similar amount of, you know, sales. Um, we've been over six figures a couple of times. And like you said, you can't, you know, you can't do it without, uh, it's not like you're taking that home, but you've got to actually pay people salaries and you've got to pay for the ads and you've got to pay for the website and you've got it. There's a lot of expenses. In fact, we have this gal that does our finances now. And she's like, I had no idea how expensive running a business was. And it yeah. is really expensive, but it's important to know that with a couple thousand followers, with a thousand followers, you can bring in over a hundred thousand for your business. Now you have to yeah. make good decisions about how you spend that. But I love that you said that. And I think it's really important for people who are just starting businesses to realize that, that it's about relationships and it's about um, a good offer and it's about loving what you do and being passionate about it. Cause I think those things really must've come through for you. So, yeah, I will say, and at that point in my business, so that was a brick and mortar business, a service-based business. I will say 90% of our growth was client referral. So the way Instagram served me in that first year was a portfolio and social proof. So what would happen is we would go and do something for a client and they would love it and tell their friends about it. And they would say, you've got to follow her on Instagram. She's really fun. So they would come to Instagram, follow me. That was much more interesting to them, honestly, than the email. Um, so they, it was just a way, and then they go. And now, now for me, like a thousand wasn't, you know, I was still trying to build it and hustle, but for them to see a business that has a thousand followers, it's like, okay, like a thousand people have signed up to hear from this person. And then they literally could stalk me and watch me. And so I can't tell you how many clients I would have call and say, you know, four months ago, so-and-so told me about their garden. I've been following you ever since. Boom. And so that literally, that was the whole progress of the first year. That's how it happened. So they weren't necessarily organically coming to me from 
Instagram, Instagram was serving more as social proof that they should hire us to do. That's really interesting because I interviewed a gal today and we were talking, she'd set up her own business. She's in the very, very early stages um, of it. And we were talking about how, you know, how long it takes for someone to make a decision to kind of connect with you. She'd been following me and Tech Pixies for two years before she decided to join. So, you know, it takes people time to know, like, and trust you. It takes people time to invest, especially if it's a big, you know, consulting is not going to be a 20 pound deal, right? So for a bigger ticket item, it's going to take time for someone to invest, you know, so if you're doing services or products that are more expensive, that, that lag time, that relationship time is a lot longer. So right, you realize too, I think the time thing is so such a good point. You do realize they're the power of something like Instagram, where there is such a long grid, right? So what you can do is you expedite that trust process when someone comes onto your space and you've been very consistent and posted high quality stuff. Then when someone comes on, it speeds up the trust process. Whereas like if you're just kind of randomly showing up, sometimes doing this or that, when that person comes on, they're like, hmm, I don't, like, I don't know. But like people would come onto my space and they're like, oh my gosh, she's like showing up every single day, two to three times a day. She's got stories and look at all the work she's done. And so I think there is a way, I totally agree with you that it takes time for us to build the trust. But I do think that's a superpower of social media in terms of consistency um, is we can literally expedite that whole process of onboarding um, and trust because they could literally in an hour consume two years of your work. So something that might take two years for them to go through the journey, they could come and watch two years of it if they wanted to. Well, and you do that. You don't just do pictures. You do um, videos. You do time lapse. You do you know yourself just chatting, talking to everybody. So you do a whole range of, of, of options, if you will. You do slideshows, everything on your Instagram feed. So let's talk about that. So what were the milestones for you and how did you get there? Yeah, so I first year went to 1,000. Second year, I hit uh, like 13,000, 14,000. So I started in the fall of 15. So I always marked my years by the fall. So the first year I'd hit a thousand, the second year by the fall, I'd hit like 14,000. The next, so I was, I was at the swipe up point, which was huge. And then the next year that would have been the fall of 17. Um, I was at around like 20, no, I was around fall of 17, probably around 20. Fall of 18, I hit 40. And then this last fall of 19, I hit like 75. So, and now I'm at 83. So basically we went one, what did I say? One, 15, 30, no, one, 15, I don't know, something like that. You see, you get the, you get the gist of it. Um, it's, so it's, it's been a slow build and I've never, all that was no paid ads and no like bots or followers or likes. Like I never bought anything. It was just literally me grinding it out. <laughs> and you didn't do the follow and follow method. You, you literally, oh, you were, you weren't, when I, when I said follow and follow method, what we say is to help you get to your first thousand, you can follow people and then unfollow people who don't follow you back. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Don't ever do you that. Never did that. No. That's so that's dumb. proof that you can build it without doing that. It don't do that ever. Enough. Nobody do that ever. <laughs> but we do teach that. I do teach. Oh, it. you do? <laughs> yes. And I'll, I'm going to defend it right now because um, I have seen a lot of accounts get stuck at 100, 200, 300. Uh huh. And to break that cycle, 
then you actually have to go out and follow and connect. And, and it's not just follow, follow and unfollow and don't connect. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a methodology of finding engaged followers on similar type accounts, finding your voice by posting regularly, engaging, et cetera. But I, I do advise it for the first thousand. After that, I say it's down to you and your content. But yeah. what I find is a lot of women get stuck at around 100, 200, 300, and they just don't break out of it. And unless they make an effort to, to grow the account, it's very yeah. difficult. But I love the fact that you didn't do that. And I love the fact that there's proof to the pudding that you don't have to do that, um, especially since Instagram's really cracking down on that anyway. Um, well, so the, here's my here's my side on that. I would do that. Just don't do the follow part. So for instance, like go and find other people in spaces that can relate to you, um, but you don't have to worry about the follow on follow. You're just engaging. Uh -huh. So people don't necessarily know if you're following them or unfollowing them. Like, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, do you follow me? I don't know. But what I do know is when you comment on my posts, right? Like that I see. So anytime that you come send me a DM or you tech, like you, like you comment on anything I've done or you liked anything I've done. I see you like tech pixie shows up or joy foster shows up. So that to me is more powerful and more important than the follow part. And that like, honestly, follow numbers mean very little. It's more about that engagement anyway. It's so like about engagement. You know, for sure. Yeah. Like personally, like I love obviously having the numbers, but the engagement is like so much more important. So I would much rather honest, like the, I actually have some accounts. I don't follow them at all but I just go find them. Like I, I love their content so much that I, I go find them and talk to them. So anyway, so I think we're saying the same thing. We're just going about it a little differently. Yeah. Uh, and no, they, and I, but I love that you can, I, I love the, the angle of both. You know, I love the fact that you can do it either way. And also I have to say, like you said earlier, and this is going back to 2015, which is actually five years ago now, um, you, the algorithm was different. So also in 2015, you did have to post three times a day because the um, that's how that's how you got seen was because it was yeah, chronological and the yeah. change, there has been a huge shift. So it's not chronological anymore. You don't have to post three times a day anymore. You don't post three times a day now. Yeah, I have used to. Uh, yeah, but do you, what do you do now? What's your what's your consistency now? I'm not as consistent, but um, at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. Twice would be max for sure. And you do it seven times a, uh, a week or do you stick with like Monday to Friday? Every day. Yeah, seven days a week for and sure. Doing, are you doing stories every day as well? Yep. Okay. All right. So, I mean, it's important to understand you've put a lot of work into this. This is like serious work. You are a hard worker anyway, but I think you know, one, of, one of the things that we try and teach as well is to not be overwhelmed, to not feel like you've got to post every day and to huh. just make sure you're doing it consistently and it will grow slower um, if that's yeah. the case, but certainly it can, it can still grow, but that's very interesting. So this is great. So now you are going to give us, I'm, this is why I'm interviewing you. This is the mastermind, yeah. right? You're, you are the person that has been able to do this and everyone wants to know how you've done it. And so this is great for us to learn from and have this interview to show our students, but also to show people who are thinking about joining the Tech Pixies program about how, we, you know, how we teach and also how we learn. So yeah. tell me the four things that you would like to recommend to people when they're wanting to build their Instagram account. Yeah. So I, um, I shared this with our group. Um, I was, Rick offered us an opportunity to, to talk and he said, you can teach. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything about ads, but I can tell you guys how to grow an Instagram following and make six figures off of your Instagram following 
without running ads. So this is my little, these are my four things. So um, the big thing that you want to see Instagram as, or really any social media platform as, is it's like a town. So your, your particular platform, you want to view it as a town. So anytime you go onto the platform, you don't want to view it as like, oh, I need a post. This is such a drain, whatever. You, you know, view it like I'm walking into my, my town right now. So you might have three people living in your town. You might have 300 people living in your town, but you're, you're the mayor of your town. That's how you want to see Instagram or Facebook or wherever you are. And you want to make people like your town, right? Like you want people to be excited about your town. You want people to have t-shirts that say, I love Joy's town, right? And so um, so that's kind of the mindset that has really shifted me. So I, I mentioned I lived in China for two years and we would go into the mountains and work with minority tribes. And it was amazing, Joy. Like you'd live in these cities where everybody dressed the same, looked the same, listened to the same music, talked the same language. And then you go into the mountains and everyone had their own language, their own um, costumes, their own dances, their own everything, foods and stuff. And it, it, like, it really gave me a vision. Like this is actually the way people work. Like just to start, we like to identify in a group. And uh, so I like to kind of picture myself when I go onto a, a social media group of my own that I'm going into my, my tribe, my mountain. We say tribe all the time. It's like a cool word now, but nobody's actually seen a tribe, right? So I saw a tribe in China. It's a real tribe. <laughs> you can use <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so number one is have a mission bigger than your business. So when I first started, it was all about my business. And what I soon started putting words around is I would tell people I'm on a mission to bring back the kitchen garden. So there's this really big mission that I'll never accomplish all by myself. Because what happens is I go up on my mountain and I look around and there were people in all these other mountains. And I'm like, I want to, I want to hang out with them, but like, I'm, I'm just talking about my business and they're never going to come talk about my business. Right. But when I talked about a mission that was so much bigger and broader then all of a sudden we can all hang out together and talk about each other because like, I'm not asking them to talk about something that I'm asking for money about. So talk about your mission, like go ahead and pick a mission. That's much bigger than your business. Um, then some, something your business will never accomplish, no matter how successful, and then talk about it all the time. So every single post I would do, I would say, I'm on a mission to bring back the kitchen garden. Thanks for bringing back the kitchen garden with me. Um, my sign off on all my emails is love from my kitchen garden to yours. Like assuming I have a kitchen garden, you have a kitchen garden, we're on a mission together. So that's number one. Number two is to put words around your posts. So I was really nervous to start doing like word posts, like where I literally like say a sentence or a phrase. And I started doing this in 2018 and saw a huge shift. Um, I was just talking to Rick about this. Words are much more powerful than pictures because words, people have to either decide if they agree or disagree with it. That's and I was always nervous to come on like some hard words, but I started trying to do it. And I saw such huge results. And what I realized is my town needs a language. Like my town needs a motto and sayings and a pledge and a song, right? And so when we give words to our, our social media accounts and our posts, what we're essentially doing is giving our town people words to use when they talk to each other. So I give the example, one of my favorite posts I put in is like, all I'm saying is you've never seen me gardening and crying at the same time. And I got so much response, negative and positive. Like a lot of people were like, oh, wait, I cry a lot when I'm gardening. Like that's where I go deal with my issues, you know, or people were joking. Like I cry because it's so bad. Um, <laughs> that's, that's me. I cry because my gardening is so bad. <laughs> but so it's engagement, right? Like what you'll notice when you use strong words, you will get more engagement. 
because people have to make a decision. They either love it and agree with it or they don't. So putting words around your posts and getting serious about the words you use. Like one thing I love doing, and I did this one, I just have a book coming out called Kitchen Garden Revival. And what I did is I pretended like it was, I had a playlist, like I wanted, like it was a, um, album, like a music album. And I was like, what are my songs? Like, what are the titles of my songs? And that's how I wrote my book. Like I want at the end of this book for me to have a t-shirt for every chapter. Like what's the title of this chapter? You know, that's a song. So one is like, good things take time. Another one is think about nature. So like you start taking things that like you have, we all have these things that we think of that like are ethos, right? Like that drive us and, and motivate us. And the more you can get those out on paper, like just take some journaling time in the morning or at night, or when you're like, if you've had a, like taken a walk or had a moment to clear your head, just sit down and write down like 30 things. And it could be anything, but just 30 things that you think about that you think would be good phrases or, or just words that you can put around your mission. So, um, so that was a big thing that like, you know, and it's been so fun. Like, like I have one that says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but gardening is definitely your cardio. You know, stuff like that. It's like, I'm kind of stealing from like general public posts and stuff and then adapting it to be in my genre. So you could totally do that. Like you could do that in tech. Like you could be like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but posting on social media is definitely your cardio, right? Like that could be your posts and that's your people. Like you're speaking to your tech, you know, Yeah, training. I love your word posts. They're hilarious. I really, yeah. So, so words is a big thing. Third thing is, um, what was it? Oh, invite other people from other tribes to come to yours. So one of the beauties of having a bigger mission is now you have a platform, you get to invite other people to your town. So Joy's doing this right now with me, right? Like she has a bigger mission than Tech Pixies, which is you're enabling, you're, you want to, well, you say it, you can say your mission. <laughs> yes. We want to help women return to work, change careers and start a business. You know, yeah, want so, them to do it with confidence and without fear of technology, because that's the number one thing that holds women back from doing that. Yeah. So because you have this mission that you'll never accomplish alone with Tech Pixies, like that's such a big mission to help all women do this. And so then you can let me come on. You're not threatened by me. You let me come and share in your audience. I can share in my audience about you. Um, and then we like our towns get to meet each other, which is super cool. So um, so I did this in several forms, but one form that worked really well is doing a takeover. So every week I would invite another account to come and take over my platform and put three posts up that day. So they would do an intro post, an info post, and an inspo post. And I asked nothing of them except to share somewhere on their account that they were taking over my account. This is a lot of work. I was just sharing with Rick. I literally had to hire an assistant to help me do this um, because it's like gathering the information from yeah. these people posting it and like even getting people like you're generally going to probably hear back from one out of five people that you reach out to because it's a lot of work. But that probably was the number one driver for my community growth is sharing community with other people. It was and do you very, still do very that awesome. now. Do you still have takeovers by other people? I have taken a break because I have so much going on with my book coming out and my new courses and stuff, but we will pick it back up in the spring is almost spring. So I but need talk to talk to me about it. who you would partner with that would take over your account and who you, would you take over their account as well? Was it a mutual exchange? 
So I don't ask for that. So that's part of the deal is you have to go into it with a hundred percent generosity. So that is the only way this works. If you go in and you say, I'm asking nothing of this person, I just want to give them the gift of hanging out on my platform. And you'll be like, a lot of people don't even want to do it. Like they're just busy, right? It's like, probably if you ask me, like, it's hard to do it, right? It takes time to do a quality post. So you either has to be someone who has an assistant or just, you know, is interested. For me, it would be anybody who would have a crossover audience. So anybody in the health and wellness space, I did, I've done chefs, I've done fitness instructors, I've done cookbook authors, I've done lots of gardeners, I've done, um, who else is on there? Um, artists, like, or I've done like home decorators. So what you want to think about is the Venn diagram. You want to think of the Venn diagram with your your audience, whatever you're working in, you want to think of all the other audiences that, that can cross over at some point with yours. And those would be the people you would invite to come take over. So like for you, Joy. Yeah. Oh no. I was just going to say when they're taking over and they're doing these posts, you, you said there were three different topics they were kind of coming through with. Yeah. I just use that as a general guideline. Not everybody did it. And sometimes it didn't always work, but a lot of people would, they were looking for some kind of like, what do you want me to share? You know? So I'd say do an intro post. So that's like, tell us who you are, do an info post. So like some kind of teaching and then do an inspo post. So something that just inspires us, like helps us see something cool or, you know, would get a lot of likes. <laughs> and then you asked them to update their bio to say, Hey, I'm hanging out over here or to put a post up on their um, Instagram to say, Hey, I'm hanging out over there. How did, how did you, you wanted them to tell their audience somehow? We didn't put any specifications on it. It was just like, Hey, we'd love for you to share. And then I had a folder of my own photos and my bio. Um, and then we would share the link to that and say, however you want to share is awesome. So we had some people who were extremely generous and would literally basically let us take over their account for the day and would post my photos and things. And then we had other people who literally would barely mention it. So it's a wide range. So that's why I'm saying you have to go into it with a hundred percent generosity and just go, you know, maybe they'll do awesome stuff for me and maybe they won't. This is about them. Like, this is about me blessing my town. That's the way you view it. This is about me giving my town something really cool. This is about me bringing a concert to my town. I was going to say that. It's like bringing a show to your town. Exactly. I love it. Or a sports it's It's not about you getting known by that person's town. That can happen. And that is awesome. But the bigger goal is entertaining your town. I love that. That is so great. Yeah. And then the fourth thing, number four, and I feel like I've heard this already. (laughs) The fourth thing is, um, create celebrations, um, contests, activities, festivals. So back to my China experience, like they had, like, there are times when the town shuts down, right? Like they are having their festival of this and their festival of that, and they're dancing and they're dressed up. And we are missing that a lot in our culture. Like we're all longing for these things we can celebrate and come around together as communities And so I've done a number of things. One thing I do is called Gram Your Garden. I created my own hashtag, Gram Your Garden, and I would do different contests. So we would do, uh, like I did a month where I would provide 30 posts for that month um, each day and they use the hashtag and then we would run contests and I'd feature the people when they show their stuff. It kind of be like having an art show for your town, right? Um, Or like an an exhibit where you invite all the people in the town to show off their cars or something. Um, so that's one. And then like we would do contests. I used to do, I called it um, 
Rudigarden game. So I would name the contest theme on Monday with whatever my post was, have people use the hashtag like Rudigarden game 13, find all the, the ones I liked, turn it into a nine grid, have people vote on it on Wednesday. And then on Friday, I would post the winner. So okay. it was a huge commitment. This was back in the day when I was posting two to three times a day. Um, but that was a huge community builder because like people are posting their stuff and then they'd come back to see if they got to be a finalist, they would vote and then they would come back to see who won on Friday. So what we don't, what we do wrong, I, I do this actually right now wrong on Instagram because I've lost some of my traction, but um, you have to create a sense of expectancy like concerts coming Friday, get ready, the concerts coming, right? Or contest is happening, who's going to win, check back in. So when we just get in the habit of like, oh, show up and post or whatever, then there's no expectancy and there's no reason to come back and check your account. So you want to create this idea of festivals, celebrations, competitions, you're creating a town, right? So you want to make it so that they want to show up and come visit the library to see whose art is showing up in the, you know, in the building or whatever. So, um, so those are four ways you can literally, you could change the game on Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media you're on. Um, we think about it so wrong, like because it's digital, we've lost a vision of the tangibility of it. If you just got to bring it back to a tangible feeling of something that you used to do or that you still do, and that to me brings the meaning back to it. The times that I lose my energy for Instagram and my care, like my heart for it, are the times when it's just about the post and the engagement. The times mm -hmm. that I love it is when I am doing these kinds of things and watching like this community form and interact with each other and talk to each other and be excited and anticipating. That's when I'm like, all right, I can like, I could honestly hang out there a little too much, but um, yeah, it's <laughs> well, really I'm impressed that you can even run a million dollar pound plus business and run all of the Instagram still. Now, do you have someone that helps you or do you do it yourself still? I'm sad to say I still do it myself. I did hire, I do have someone who helps me do social media. Um, the, the plan ahead game is so hard for me. So I just wrote a book and um, launched a new web platform called gardenary.com and have been launching two new courses. So I, the, the planning ahead part is the hardest part for me, especially because I care about my town so much. So I think a lot of times it's easier to hand that off to someone to plan when they're not as connected or like, like I let her plan my Facebook and my Twitter and stuff like that. Cause I'm, I don't know those people, but I know my Instagram so much. So that's been the, that's going to be, that's like my baby. It's like, I, I tell people like, it's too precious to me. Well, there's <laughs> but it many, is. many business owners who still are in charge of their Instagram feeds, especially yeah. the ones that are in the influencer space. Um, I know deliciously Ella uh, is very involved in her Instagram feed, Martha Brooke, where we get our notebooks from. She does her Instagram feed still. So I totally get that. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't mind handing some of it off, but I, that part I do. I, I don't know. I just, I want to feel connected to the, it's kind of like a mayor not showing up to their town meeting, you know? And how, and what would you, what would your advice be? I know you've got kids coming home soon, so we have to be careful. Yes, you got two time. minutes. They're going to come in. They can, it's what okay. We, can, we don't have to finish in two minutes, but when they walk in the door, it's going to be a little. It's quick. over. It's over. Okay. We got till they walk in the door. Um, but what would your advice be for people? I mean, someone might say, oh, well, you're doing gardens and it's beautiful and it's green and it's, you know, what if I don't have something like gardens to talk about? How do you, are you able to still build that town without the visuals? You, yeah, you make the visuals. 
I mean, I love it. You have no excuses. I could, there's, I couldn't ask you a single question that you wouldn't have an answer to. I, you're gonna, so this, so give me a business, give me a business that you can't have a visual for. Uh, well, like let's say someone's go, a PA. A, what's a PA? Oh, like a personal assistant. Oh my gosh. You have a million. Okay. So like a checklist, right? You do a time-lapse of writing your to-do list for the day. You do um, like an overhead time-lapse. You're doing your to-do list. Do an overhead time-lapse of checking it off. Do an overhead time-lapse of you doodling because you're bored. Um, do a um, like a slide share of the five things you're going to do that day and number them. Do, um, what else can you do? You can do a, uh, like you could do a video, like a day in the life. You could do like the three things, things you, do you do when do the boss is out. Morning. Huh? Things you do when the boss is out. <laughs> Yeah, but even if you're trying to hold, I mean, this is all we're doing. We're documenting. You're telling your story. So I'm speaking at Alt Summit next week, and I'm talking about the mom era. And one of the things I'm talking about is how, as women, we know we have innately in us what we need to do for our business because we did it for our kids. So what we do very naturally for our children is we document what they do, right? We document the whole thing because it's beautiful to us because we're amazed by what's happening with them as they're growing up. That is all you're doing with your business. Like whatever you're doing, if you're a PA, pretend like it's your baby. Yeah. It's your business baby. So document your business business baby. baby. Exactly. And so you document it like you would a baby. So the things that used that looked mundane when someone else was doing it, when you saw another woman holding a baby, that was no big deal to you. But when you start holding the baby, you're taking a picture, right? So when someone else is being a PA, it's not a big deal to you. But when you're being a PA, it's a big deal. Look at everything from you are now the the town mayor of PAs. Like you now have, you are now going to talk to all PAs around the world and all future PAs. And so see everything that you do as precious and documentable. That's your content. You don't need to make something up. You just need to document what it is that you're already doing. Think about how those things can become stories. So you want to think of everything in the story narrative and how that could be interesting to someone. Well, and and then great, don't overthink it. There's yeah, a great book called Stories That Stick. I don't know if you've read yeah. that, but oh my gosh, so good. I'm in the middle of it right now. And just really understanding the power of a story, having a per, you know, the person, the character, the thing that happens, and then the transformation and being able to really articulate that is so important. Um, yeah. We do have one person who I know is, I mean, there's a lot of people live right now, but I know there's one person who's live right now who has a family garden. And yeah. so she was asking if you had tips on how she can increase footfall to the family garden. Uh, In- increase what? Increase footfall to the family garden. It's like a, you know, kind of like a garden, not a garden center, but it's actually a beautiful garden that you can come and look at and walk around. Uh-huh. So she Increase footfall? <laughs> footfall. So, so people coming to the, sorry, oh. it's a British word. Um, people oh. coming to... <laughs> Sorry, I'm so Garden. Southern and like, I've never heard the word football before. Okay, my kids are coming in. Hang on. Okay. Don't be a little crazy. Hey guys, I'm doing an interview. Do y'all want to come say hi? No. No? <laughs> okay, well, I'll be done in just a sec. Last question. This is it. <laughs> they don't want to say hi. Um, so she wants to know how to get people, more people to come see the garden. Yes. Okay. Is she on social? Yes. Okay, well, that's it. You just document the heck out of that garden 
tell stories about it. And then you want to find all like the big thing I teach this. So I teach gardeners how to become garden coaches. I have a garden coach society and I teach people how to do all the things I've done as gardeners around the world. And one of the things I talk about, I help them a lot is like one of the big mistakes we make with running a business on online with social is we try to speak to the whole world and we end up getting likes and interest from the world of people who were never going to serve. And so this happens in the garden space a lot. Like you end up with followers from all over and you only need the followers in your town or city. And so one of the things you definitely want to make sure you're doing, if you want people, actual people who live in that town to come to that place, that's the only people you need to talk to on social. Don't even worry about any other person besides people who live in that town. So you're going to find every account that exists for your town. And in the physical now- town. We got to go back. To, we're off the Instagram town and we're now in the real yes, town. Exactly. We're on a real physical GPS town, like wherever your town is. You're going to search for all the hashtags, all of the accounts, what you can do, you'll start following a couple and then Instagram will start suggesting every account that is in that town. Now, this is a thing for the follow unfollow, but never unfollow. Like you follow them for life and they are, that's your, that is your community. Like you are literally now the mayor of that, like that literally legit town. So you're going to find as, as many people, as many accounts as you can get active on them, tag them, comment on their stuff. And then everything you do, if you're wanting to get people to come to your garden is you're going to always be tagging your location. You're going to always be using hashtags about your town with your town's name in it. And your mission is going to be something about your town. So for my, my business rooted garden, that's based in Houston. I say we are creating a city that is the kitchen garden capital of North America. Okay, like so that is my mission, physical town or city of Houston. Yeah. So I'm talking about Houston, Texas. I am creating like my mission is to make Houston, Texas, the kitchen garden capital of North America. So I have a, a mission for my physical business there. That's way bigger than just rooted garden. Right. Hold on. My, um, my computer's going to go to sleep. Oh, well, uh, Nicole, we should probably stop now. I don't want to make you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. So anyway, so that is the, um, for that person, I would say you got to really, all you have to do is really focus on your local audience and then start posting the most beautiful, inspiring things. Um, that's what I tell my garden coaches a lot. They're trying to get followers and followers and followers, and it doesn't matter. It never moves the needle because those people aren't in their local town. So become like the spokesperson and the hero for your town and like make a huge deal about your town. Make people think you love your town so much and that you like, that's why you've made a garden. That's why you're talking about your garden in your town. And on that point you're saying earlier, you know, the takeovers, because it's physically in an actual place, you can invite people from the real town to come in and do photos and all that stuff and interviews and everything right then. Absolutely. You're a mayor to the gardens. And any person in that town that, so right now the garden is huge. So it's really good for um, profile. So you want to think of all the people in your town who it would look very good on their profile to be associated with a garden. Those are the people you invite to do takeovers. Those are the people you invite to come talk and whatever. And then like, because they want, like, that's how I grew most of my business in Houston is I had cooks and chefs and companies that really wanted to be associated with the garden movement, even though they didn't even know how to garden. 
So it's like huge opportunity. You can do that like with joy, like she's working for women, right? So like she could think of every single company that's trying to like make it look like they care about women, (laughs) even if they don't, like those are her perfect people for takeovers because they need that for their image to look like they care about women. So she can bring that in. Yeah, it's very powerful. Well, we know your children are home and it's time to move on. It's also for all all of us in the UK, it's nine o'clock. So it's getting late over here, but um, thank you so much for your time. That was a wealth of knowledge. And I mean, I think everyone's just blown away. So thank you very, very much, Nicole. You're welcome. So you guys go check me out on Instagram. I'm Gardenary Co, G-A-R-D-E-N-A-R-Y-C-O. And you can go to gardenary.com. That's our platform. Yes. And I'm a student student of yours. Yes. I have, um, I have a bunch of online courses, herb garden guide, kitchen garden Academy, and the garden coach society. And, um, and so, and then, uh, if you guys, any of you are in the, um, like the health and wellness space, we are going to have ambassadors for our, for gardenary. So you can find out more about that later um, at gardenary.com. And then my book comes out in April, Kitchen Garden Revival. I think it ships to England. Yeah, I'm pre-ordered. I'm a pre-ordered person. I'm oh, yay. So um, it's available on Amazon. It's called Kitchen Garden Revival. If you guys pre-order, you can email me at hello at gardenary.com and we will um, enroll you in a free mini garden course. Which is great. Your free mini garden course is great. And also you just, you're so, you love your tribe so much and you love your town so much you are the mayor of your town you're the president of your town and I think you know you're going to take over the world um, and the world needs more people like you so I'm so thankful for that and I'm so thankful that I've gotten to know you so well and that you've given up an hour of your time to be with us tonight Um, I don't even know what to say I just I wish I could actually physically give you a hug but I can't because we're on a computer but um, let's let's internet hug internet hug, internet hug. Yes. Uh, and you know, seriously, thank you very much. And, um, I look forward to connecting with you again. I'm sure there'll be a follow-up and interview at some point, cause there's so many people that'll be curious of, and have lots of questions, but thank you Absolutely. again and have a great yeah. evening or well, great day and enjoy your family. Thanks joy. Bye guys. Keep going. Don't give up. It's super hard, but you got this. Keep going. It's worth it. Have a good Bye. night. Bye. Joy. Bye.